in the Commonwealth. And no, not our Massachusetts friends. We're not in the great state of Massachusetts. We're in the Commonwealth of Virginia, back on the Commonwealth here on 85, making our way this time to Hampton, Virginia, and not Richmond, Virginia, where we did last time. I am Mike Pacheco, Dave Friedman as well. This is the Bearded CarCast, Episode 12. Season two. It's an all Canadian car cast today as we talk about Johnny Manziel getting released by the Montreal Alouettes. And this is our very special in-depth NHL trade deadline <laughs> special. And that will wrap up our Canadian version of the Bearded Car Cast for today. Thank you, hockey fans. What's up? What's going on? I feel like I haven't seen you in two months. Yeah, so like I, don't, I don't think it's been quite that long. But in this vehicle that we are taking right. to to Hampton, we could be in the same vehicle and still not be able to see each other. If I had a long enough, uh, if we had long enough microphone cables, we could be in the back row, and we would uh, have to like jack up the volume to hear each other. If you wanted to smuggle someone somewhere, yeah, it would this be is in the van this to do vehicle. It. Yeah, this is definitely. Uh, let's see, doing the quick math: seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> 12 passengers. We're, we're in an airport van. Basically, we essentially yeah. are in a van that you would pick up at the airport and go to the Hilton. I'll be honest with you. This this vehicle, whether it's this make or model or not, but this genre of vehicle, somebody, if you know somebody that's a car dealer, we this needs to be the official vehicle of the Bearded Car Cast, this, is, this type of vehicle. This is great. We often take a vehicle which is essentially an extra car that Winthrop University right. has, which makes sense since we do the car the cast driving yeah. to Winthrop, Winthrop games. University games. And then frequently we take either one of my cars or your cars, probably yours more than mine because I have small little old cars. Um, but we have an extra person with us, Jeremy Winder, the director of video services at Winthrop is, is with us on this trip. and it's He's no the uh, co-executive producer for the day of yeah. the Bearded Car Cast. And, yeah. and we've got... And you know, our official driver. It's an overnight trip, so we've got extra bags and all the radio equipment. And we, we did this a couple times earlier this year where we were just like, you know, our cars aren't really big enough to transport three or four people plus overnight bags. Let's get something a little bit bigger. We need to talk to Mike Kelsey. Get a Kelsey Chevrolet 15-passenger no van. This thing's comfortable, though. It's very but, nice. But in the past, it, when you rent a car through Winthrop, Winthrop has a, a partner that rents them yeah. cars, it is a grab bag of what you might end up with. And and right. sometimes we've gotten vehicles that are a little tight, and, and this one is... Well, the one we had to Kentucky was nice. It just wasn't, for what we were using it for, wasn't the right size vehicle. Yeah, it was too small. I mean, it was an SUV, or we had one too many people. Right. And, and on this trip, I mean, we're going to be in Hampton probably at 4.30 today, and we've got practice at around 6.30, and I'm going to make some airport runs in between <laughs> it and try to... Dave's going to Uber. Yeah. Hey, maybe you can pick up Paul Biancardi tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, th th this is... Paul's doing the game for ESPN. It's th This thing's huge. Like, like, no joke, I would bet if we talked to someone that played basketball at Winthrop in the early days, oh, yeah. they took, like, two of these yeah. vans to games. I mean, if you ever have seen the way a, a D3 school travels yep. you know sometimes one the head coach drives one van the right. assistant coach right. drives right. another other. van yep. that's what we're in we're so big we almost we should be stopping at that way station 
Yeah, uh, they might hold us up for a bit. But no, this has uh, three-row seating plus the storage in the back. I mean, they're, they're, and they're, and the two seats up front. Right, they're three rows behind yeah. the the driver's seat and the the. Seat no, next very to spacious. It. This is very. This is this is how the bearded car cast should be recorded. Well, it's something. <laughs> it, it, it it's it's fun to drive too. I drove the. Uh, we we picked up Dave in Durham, and uh, and uh, Jeremy had an important phone call to make, so I I drove the first leg. Loved it. It's like driving a car. I mean, these things now are so well engineered. It, it drives like a it drives like a car. So when we drive back tomorrow night, the game is at seven. It'll be over right. around nine. We'll be out around ten. It's about six hours home. We home somewhere around four in the morning. If I drive, yeah. What do you think the chances we make it back safely are? Um, do we have time to stop at CVS and get some Dramamine? <laughs> Now, now we I like driving small. Now vehicles. we did we did do an inspection. There there is one panel that uh, a small little side panel that uh, is not there. So if you could, if hey, you could, who needs what's a panel between? But, but I made sure I made sure they they were aware of that when we when we picked it up. Wasn't anything about that? No, you are very good in um, in uh, you're our wheelman when it comes to like four door sedans. Yeah, or less. Yeah, two-door yeah. preferably. Yeah, this, I don't know, this this might be, uh, but this is big enough where we could take shifts, like, sleeping. Yeah, absolutely. There's no question. So, like, I could start out, and then Jeremy could take over, and then I could take a nap, and then I could take over and finish the last leg. Right. Now, if someone were driving, and we just got into the state of Virginia, if someone were driving along the side, or they looked in the rearview mirror, and they saw what was going on, it would look very strange that Jeremy is driving, there's no one in the passenger seat, and we're just hanging out in the back, talking on these headsets, and I mean, like, what would somebody think that just happens to come upon this? It would be kind of interesting, wouldn't it? They're probably thinking, oh, yeah, those those guys are probably going to broadcast. Uh, yeah, they're doing the bearded car cast. That's what they would think. Right. That's yeah. what you're thinking. We appreciate you listening, whether you're tuned in on SoundCloud or iTunes. We appreciate your uh And give us some time. feedback. Do we need to be on Stitcher? That's I, I, We're trying to move towards that. We really like to talk about it, but we don't <laughs> do anything about it. What, what about... Um, what about an email? We, we, we'd like people to, to send us their, their thoughts, their comments, their questions at beardedcarcast at outlook.com. Beardedcarcast yeah, yeah, at yeah, outlook.com. Yeah. We love Carlisle's emails, but we'd like to hear from you too. <laughs> so let's talk about sports okay. or not really sports. The Patriots won the Super Bowl again. Right. Congratulations. Congratulations. And, and things aren't looking so good for Bob Kraft. Yeah, well, the, the joke running around is the seven rings. The yeah. six rings and yeah. the prostitution ring. Right. Which is not, I mean, it's not a laughing matter. I mean, the, the human trafficking is a potentially a piece to all this. It's okay. part, part of the big Let, part of the investigation. Let's so. make a big assumption that maybe is not true, but hopefully it is true. Let's assume Bob Kraft had no involvement in the human trafficking. Right, right. Wasn't aware that that was right. a part of the equation. From that standpoint, and that standpoint only, was an innocent bystander. Take the human trafficking right. portion away from the story. Where does that leave us? Well, I think it still is an interesting case because the players are going to want to make sure that 
there's an appropriate amount of discipline just because of all the discipline that happens when players make mistakes, whether it's the, the, the drugs, whether it's recreational drugs, steroids, uh, whether it's DUIs, things like that, criminal natures, obviously domestic violence. So it's still... I mean, it's a misdemeanor, right? It's a misdemeanor, but that doesn't necessarily um, eliminate the penalty factor from the NFL. Absolutely. Right. And you think the punishment should be what? I was talking about this with some friends the other day. I think day. if they only strip three of the Super Bowl titles, that no, would be no, fair. No, no, no. I, I, my guess is it'll be something along the lines of a hefty fine, and then he's probably going to get maybe a four, six, or eight game, maybe a, maybe a full season suspension. Is it time for him to hand it off to his son? Now, I'm not in crisis management. What I would do is and I know uh, Jeremy and I were, were listening to the Dan Patrick show coming up and Dan Patrick was talking to somebody who's a friend of Bob's craft and his advice was that he should just hand it over to Jonathan and, and retire um, I mean that's gonna be forthcoming anyway yes that right um, now this is what I could see because you know the Patriots tend to be proactive in, in a lot of areas I could see maybe trying to mitigate that I mean he was proactive the morning of the AFC championship <laughs> game he seemed to be very active. The, the, the day before, too. Um, but I, I, what would be interesting... I'm just glad for a guy like Bill Belichick who's so into watching the film that there's film of him. Oh, man. And that's coming out, too. I mean, you know? unless Bob Kraft buys it. Because if he bids higher than TMZ, yeah. Bob Kraft can own it and put it in his back pocket. Well, now, there is a public component of this. Uh, that video may be released... Um, by the um, the district attorney, because by God, that's what the public needs. Well, to no, see. it'll be um, you know it'll be heavily edited um, as well. It probably should be. <laughs> I would say this though, from a, I think one one strategy for crisis management on this would be get out in front of it, do a press conference, uh, you know, go to the Today Show, do whatever you know, do the mea culpas, but also announce that uh, that uh, you know this. This event really affected me. Uh, I don't like the, the the human trafficking, so I am going to, you know, either fund a charity or become proactive. It's so throw get, a check at it. No, not throw a check at it. It's got to be more than money. It's got to be. He's got to. He's got to be involved in some sort of whether it's just announcements or speaking. He, I think he's got to be in on the um, ground floor, if you will. And getting the message out about human trafficking. Money is a component to that, Dave, but I think he's got to invest some of his time in it. Does this affect the Patriots' legacy at all? Yes and no. I mean, the people that... It, the feeling about the New England Patriots is kind of like the feeling of our political parties right now. If you love the Patriots, it'll diminish it, but it won't... You'll move on, and it's the Patriots. If you hate the Patriots, absolutely. You'll, you'll Every time... The Patriots are mentioned. There'll be a deflate, uh, a deflate, and now I guess an inflate joke. <laughs> but but thirty years from now, when your son is having a son, and the story of the great dynasties of pro football but are thirty discussed. years from now, he better have a kid before he's forty-two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not too early. But but well, but what what like. Bob Kraft is an A one, but I think it's the A1 same. A one obit in the right. New York Times. Right. This is going to be mentioned. Oh, it'll be in the in one of the top three paragraphs. 
maybe even the first one. I would say this. It's going to be like how we explain baseball to kids 10, 15 years from now. It's I don't remember hearing about baseball and blowjobs. Don't remember that part of it. <laughs> no, no. Don't, I love how he cuts me off, Jeremy. <laughs> what I'm saying is when you talk about the Cal Ripken era and the steroids. And the steroid era. It's like, yeah, you know, all this happened. They did great teams. But same thing. I think it's that. Patriots had a great legacy, but there were two two really important moments that really kind of marred it. One was the, you know, the deflate gate invest. Well, actually, the, go back to uh, the, the spy gate. So spy gate, deflate gate, and then uh, I don't know what this gate is, but it's the third gate. Now, is Bob Kraft in the Hall of Fame? No, right? Is he? No, no, no. I thought I thought you were asking rhetorically in the future. No, currently right now he is not in the Hall of Fame. And going forward before this, I think it would be a no-brainer shoe-in. I think he still is a no-brainer shoe-in. I don't think he's a no-brainer shoe-in on the first time they discuss it, though. And remember, the NFL standard is different from the Baseball Hall of Fame standard. You supposedly, off-the-field stuff isn't supposed to be in the deliberations. If so you're it's going not a just, Barry Bonds. If you're going just on the football, he's got to be in the Hall. I mean, he, he not only did he resurrect a franchise, he resurrected a franchise and then made it a relevant franchise. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't you can't knock what he's done, but this... So, so this you can is knock what, a few things he's done. What, but the, but, <laughs> but not on the but the football the, side's different. Yeah, I mean, but from a legal standpoint, this will be adjudicated however it's adjudicated. And from a history standpoint, this goes in the open. But from a football standpoint, you suggest that this doesn't change anything. I don't think it does at all. But it, it, his legacy definitely takes a hit for this. Yeah, I think that's pretty reasonable. And do you think we see Bob Kraft with the Patriots in the press box anymore? Or do you think he rides off into the sunshine with this, his son takes over, and he kind of drifts into the history books? I think that's an interesting question because this will show you how deftly they manage the crisis, right? Uh, if, If they have no... I hate to use the word wiggle room, but if they have no wiggle room here, <laughs> then I think, you know, what we talked about at the beginning of this uh, discussion about Jonathan Kraft taking over, him going off into the sunset, if I had to handicap it, Dave, I'd say that's probably 60% right now. I mean, I think there is a, there is a, I think there's a path and a strategy that he not only keeps the team but stays in the spotlight, but it, it has to be done very deftly. And, again, that's why I think he needs to be out in front of this um, and then make some sort of not only public apology, but then some sort of positive step in the campaign against human trafficking. All I know is any event that can lead to Heidi Fleiss writing op-eds for the USA Today, that's, that's a, uh, a, a unique event. On the way to Hampton, Virginia, Mike Pacheco, Dave Friedman. This is the Bearded Carcast, Episode 12, Season 2. Robert Kraft has been invited to own an AAF franchise. Moving on from the NFL, the door is open, seeming as, seeing as how after one week they needed an infusion of cash. Wow. 
Well, actually, in all seriousness, though, the uh, Hurricanes owner yeah. refused to. Yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. They you, went you said walk- Bob Kraft, though, didn't you? Yeah, well, I, I say there's now room for him. Oh, oh, they, room for him. They, okay. He's got a lot of money, yeah. and the morals cost might not be right. quite as great <laughs> right. in the AAF. So, yeah. you know, he, he could buy the whole league and guarantee himself championships. Well, he's got a stadium. He's got a stadium. Have you watched the AAF market. since we discussed it in week one? I have not. I watched... But not out of lack of interest. I just It, it just hasn't lined up where I've uh, had the time to watch it. I saw some of week two, didn't watch week three. My understanding is the ratings have remained strong or solid. I think it's still doing okay. Um, I don't think there was as much water cooler talk after week one. Right. Um, so, I don't... I, but I think that was to be expected. It seems to me that the quality of play and the interest level is large enough to justify... You know, a, a reasonable belief that it could be successful. I think it's still too early to tell. I think we need to see a full season, get through the championship. And to me, what does it, it's like? Um, you don't we don't watch a lot of TV, Dave. But it's like a like in the in the old days when you I would, actually watch more TV than anyone I know. No, no, no. I just watch well, college I'm sorry, basketball. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let me rephrase that. Uh, uh, series television. You don't watch a lot of series television. But scripted it's like a, television. It's like a scripted show that does really well in year one and then year two uh it just fizzles yeah i mean that's a possibility it, certainly the jury is is still out but i i think if, i think there's some encouraging signs though I well mean, there, there are there are signs both ways i mean the level of play is okay and they've sustained an audience which is good but after one week players weren't getting paid yeah. and they took a huge huge investment to keep them afloat <laughs> you mean people want to get paid Paid? What? What? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, food for thought, kind of interesting. Uh, the, the scouting combined is ongoing. Not my favorite event of all time because it's not really an event at all, but at least some of the Kyler Murray stuff is interesting. Yeah, and uh, and people are really getting on his father about um, being like somewhat lackadaisical or not disinterested. Is that how, how Isn't you it, it amazing that... These are the storylines. Like, we're in the middle of March Madness. We had the All-Star game in the yeah. NBA. Like, there's stuff going on, spring training, and, and and Bryce Harper still hasn't signed. And we're talking about a football, baseball prospect's father in relation to the scouting combine. But isn't this an indication of where we are as a society, though. This is the reason I believe in the AAF or the XFL. All anyone wants to do is talk about football. No, but what I'm talking about is, you know, there's a scene in Finding Nemo uh, where, you know, the boat goes by that has Nemo on it, and, uh, you know, the father comes over and they go, hey, have you seen a boat? A boat? What boat? (laughs) I mean... We are so, like, into the next shiny object that goes flying by us. Uh, you know, and this is the era of, you know, the, the famous people that don't do anything to be famous. Yeah. So it's, it's we are so fascinated by... So who's your fav- favorite famous person who hasn't done anything to be famous? Uh, my favorite? Um, I don't know. I don't really get into all those. Well, it would probably be any Bravo show. The correct answer is Cato Kalin. Yeah, Cato Kalin. I mean, he's the greatest. He is. Well, uh, he didn't make it long in uh, Celebrity Big Brother, though. I'm 
fairly certain that somewhere he's signing autographs for 50 bucks a pop, and he yeah. may still be living in OJ's guest house. Well, no, it's been torn down. Oh, uh, that's too bad. Yeah, somebody tore that property down and built a new uh, mansion on it. Well, maybe he's living in somebody else's guest house. He's <laughs> not living in my guest house. Although, I will tell you who's living in uh, our... We don't have Faith? a guest house. Yeah, we have a new uh, new puppy. Yeah. You flew to the northeast we went to pick to, up a puppy. There were yep. no puppies good enough for you and your wife and kid within 1,200 miles, so you had to fly east. You know what's funny about that? That's almost verbatim what Sean McDonough said to me. <laughs> so we got off the plane on Sunday. So we flew up last Sunday. Now, my wife travels a lot, so we have a ton of miles. So we, we used the miles to fly up. We were originally going to fly the dog back that night, but we felt it was right on the borderline of it being too big and, and not to be able to fly in the cabin. So uh, we go to the airport. Our flight, we had to switch planes. The hydraulics, they, they had to reset the hydraulics, and they weren't, um, they weren't up to the proper level. And so I think because of the All-Star game, there were a lot of planes in town. They were able to move. Like, we literally maybe delayed a half an hour. I really like the idea of you guys going to every humane society, every 25-mile stopping. Nope, there are no acceptable dogs here. Wait, hold on nope, I don't wait, like wait, any wait, of these. I'll, I'll, let me get nope, back. these won't let, work. Let me, let me get back to that. Let me get back to that. So uh, we landed at Logan Airport. We're probably on a half hour, 45 minutes after the departure time. And literally, getting out at Gate B, getting off the jetway and literally like 15 feet in front of us staring us right in the face with Sean McDonough and I, you know, I've known Sean for a long time we've been friends for a long time so you know after like hey how's it going he's like what are you doing here and I said uh, well uh, you know, we came up to you know my <laughs> wife has a uh, my wife's friend has, uh, from work has uh, kind of a side business where she breeds these huskies and so we came up to get one of the huskies he's like oh there weren't any dogs in North Carolina <laughs> <laughs> I mean he makes a good point right Right, but um, I don't know that Huskies are an indigenous North Carolina breed. Maybe in the mountains. So maybe we could have driven to Asheville. Well, but what is it about Huskies? Well, you remember Maddie. So our first our first dog, Maddie, was a generally a Husky, probably a Husky Where Shepherd mix. Where did you mix. get Maddie? That's another good story. Uh, so we got uh, we rescued Maddie, uh, who may or may not have been. Um, I don't know if there's a statute of limitations on this, but. So our friends had a property in Asheville, or outside of Asheville, one of the mountains. And it was a gated community, and they were up there clearing it out because they were selling it. And Maddie was there the entire weekend, and they knocked on all the doors. Nobody knew anything about her. Uh, so they, they thought the humane thing to do would be to bring her back to Charlotte. So they brought her back to Charlotte, uh, and then when they got home, they thought about it, and they said, well, they were having kids at the time. They already had a dog and some cats, so they were like, we can't keep this dog. So what's worse, getting the full treatment at no, no, the no, spa no. in Florida or yeah. stealing somebody's family dog? Now, I don't know. I can't say that this dog was stolen, though, because uh, there was no identification, no collar, and no chip. So she didn't. Ha- she was just a plain, you know, an uh, undercover dog. Like, Did no. you kind of look around, you know, nope, nope, don't see any people here. Looks good to go. No, no, no. I'm we did not do territory. that. We did not do that. We may be guilty of trafficking in uh, stolen goods, but... <laughs> well, this van would be a good place for... for, for, for some no, uh, no. in all seriousness, um, we believe... So, Ma- so Our story we're sticking to, we believe that uh, Maddie got loose. She'd been in the wild for a while, and there was no way to, to track her down. So uh, we decided to um, adopt her. 
So Maddie was a husky. Yeah. And then is Karma and a husky? Karma's a husky and she's got some other And where did she come from? She came from a foster. So we uh, so we rescued both of those dogs. And that foster was in the greater Charlotte metro yes. area? Yes. Yep. But you found one husky in Asheville. No, we didn't find mountains. it. We found both dogs we got in Charlotte. Right. So I'm, I'm, let's go back to the original question. Why did you have to fly to the northeast? All right. So this third is husky. Now this is a great case for or against social media. So Sam is friends, well, with this coworker, and she would kept putting up these pictures of um, all these huskies that she has, and uh, she put out something. Um, I guess in December that. Uh, Two of the huskies, or one of the huskies, she had bred with another husky, and that there was a new litter coming out. And uh, you know, we felt like it was just time to get another dog. And Did you ever consider like signing up for that dog and then buying it a ticket on Amtrak to come meet you in in Charlotte? No, what I really thought about doing was my sister lives probably 45 minutes from from uh, from Sam's coworker. And uh, I thought about having her pick her up and maybe bring her down. <laughs> maybe an Uber? Uber, yeah. But maybe this van would be a good way to pick it up. Yeah, exactly. Now, having said that, Dave, uh, as ridiculous as this sounds, a great decision. Uh, dog is awesome. We uh, drove the dog back. So we got to spend a little time together. Uh, it, was, it was good. It was a good bonding experience. I don't know that we would do it all the time. I mean, next next time we get an animal, probably uh, uh, would go back to our route of doing the rescue. But once in a lifetime thing, great dog. Uh, you think you'll go like exotic animal next time, like an ostrich? No, I'm saving that for you. You are. You're more of like the llama, ostrich, uh, Pikachu. I, what I really want is a river otter. A river otter. Yes. I, well, you were into birds for a while, weren't you? Yeah. Well, who isn't? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, anytime I go to the zoo and I see the river otters, they seem to be having the most fun. Yeah. They're energetic. Yeah. They're excited. They seem happy. Yeah. Like they just came from a spa? Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Bearded Cardcast from... The Virginia border. We're yeah. on our way to it. The Hampton, Commonwealth, Virginia. Dave. We're back it's to the Commonwealth. Winthrop and Hampton. It's you the know there are three Commonwealths. Can you name the other two? <laughs> this this season of the bearded carcass is getting long in the tooth. Didn't we do this in about episode three or four? <laughs> well, you know people can come back to it. Kentucky, Virginia, and Massachusetts. Massachusetts yeah. yeah, I didn't know that though when we asked it six weeks ago. But now, <laughs> now, now I now I do know. Um, Winthrop's playing at Hampton tomorrow, Thursday. It's the final regular season game. The Big South Conference Tournament comes up next week, and we're just about into March Madness. There was kind of a larger-than-college basketball story this weekend at Mississippi Yes, with the players taking a knee during the national anthem with the events taking place right in their community outside of them and them feeling as though they needed to stand up to it. And I applaud them 100%, Dave. You know, I think this is, this is a time in our country where I think there's an element that wants to go backwards. And I think, you know, we've made so many strides 
this country was founded originally uh, on religious freedom, uh, but it was it then became more a freedom of ideas. And when you look at the Declaration of Independence and you look at the Constitution, for their times, very revolutionary, and no pun intended, but but very, um, you know, but a bedrock for the last what 200, 300 years of our country. Um, there are some people that uh, maybe don't like the, the gains that we've made. And this country isn't perfect. I mean, you know, look, slavery was a, was a blight on this country. Um, people should not have to go through life in that situation. Um, but, you know, if we're the country of ideas that we want to be, you know, we have to be inclusive of everybody except people. And, you know, allow people to have opportunity. This country was, was built on opportunity. And, and so it's a two-way street, right? The white supremacists are allowed to assemble and rally. And in response, you're allowed to kneel during the national anthem and make everyone aware that they're white supremacists rallying next door to you, and it's not something you approve, and you're making a statement. Well, I think I would agree with you that you know, it's like the the Nazi party in the 70s. Do they have the right? Yes. Uh, or even Charlottesville from two years ago. But I think it's incumbent on us uh, to recognize that what they're promoting is not what we want it to be. It's very interesting to me that almost everything I've heard about this has been the school, the coach, the athletic director, all like seem to take the action understand the action back the players support the idea of standing up to a belief that is contrary to what the majority feels yet Colin Kaepernick did the same thing and there was an awful lot of blowback but it's a different um, same style of protest but different protests you know what Colin Kaepernick is standing against it still is social injustice but I think that what what separates for me what separates the two Dave though is even though they're under the same kind of umbrella uh, you know white su- white supremacy and what they were uh, what the Mississippi players were protesting against is, is it's, it's part of the whole picture where I think Colin Kaepernick's uh, protest was the larger picture in all, and, and not just uh, not just an inequality, but social inequality, and uh, you know the higher rate of uh, you know African American kids that are imprisoned. Um, so it, it's maybe an offshoot, similar, but while not thus, I don't really similar. see the difference. I, I mean, maybe what you're saying, and, and I'm not. I, I don't mean to put words in your mouth because because maybe I'm missing the point. It seems that there is a greater majority that opposes white supremacy than there is that acknowledges there is a police brutality and there is a uh, greater preponderance of minorities that get arrested and targeted? Yeah. So it's just a matter of there's a larger number of people that see what the Mississippi 
basketball players protested as legitimate than see what Colin Kaepernick. And I'm not saying I agree with. I, I, I'm saying I think that's the. You asked me what. But what, that's what, the that's the difference. I think there is a difference. But fundamentally, we're allowed to protest anything we want to protest, and it's not a reflection on the military or your patriotism if you take that opportunity to protest because that's when eyes are on you and that's when you have an opportunity to bring attention to whatever it is you're protesting. Yeah, I don't understand what what you're asking me. I I just don't get the difference. Well, it's the difference is in the minutiae, not in the overall picture. It is under the same umbrella, but what the what the the, the Mississippi kids, uh, the players, they picked a topic that more people agree with them on. Well, it, it, it's but it's part of the, it's a it's one piece of the puzzle. You know what Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed and some of the other NFL players was was all of it, and not just one little specific. And, and I don't. I don't I'm not, and I Where does all of this lead us? Like in a year or five years or ten years, because people have stood up, are we a um, more well-rounded, more thoughtful, more progressive, more understanding society? Or are we going to blame protesters and continue to be as or more divided? That's a million-dollar question. I don't have the answer to that. I, I, I would like to think that we are more progressive. The one thing about all this, Dave, and, and it's why it's important to allow uh, this speech, is to get it out into the sunlight and let people see it. But that doesn't mean that there shouldn't be consequence. You know, freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom of conse- from consequence. So, yes, you can have a rally if you want to do a Nazi party rally. But then don't be upset if people get upset about that. Say, no, this is not who we are. This is not what we want to do. And I think that's what I was trying to say earlier is that this is such an important time right now. And, yeah, people, we we do have the right to express ourselves. But I think we also have the right to understand right from wrong. And some things are wrong. One of the things that's wrong is not listening to the bearded cartoon. I would totally agree with that. We need more listeners. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Yeah. The cost is negligible. <laughs> Easy. Yeah, we, we incur all the cost. In fact, we'll pay you. <laughs> what, what do we pay you to listen? <laughs> we'll, we'll pass the savings on to you. <laughs> well, it's been fun in this very, very large, large van. van. We should do it again next week on our way to either uh, Bowie's Creek, North Carolina, yeah. or Radford, Virginia, where the Big South Conference Tournament quarterfinals will be held and uh stay tuned to our social media channels uh for those of you that did through our conversations and through our travels uh do have an interest in what's going on with winter you know at friedman underscore dave at mike pacheco 81 at winter beagles uh and find out where winter's going to end up we don't know obviously big game thursday night with hampton will affect anywhere two through five we suspect um top five teams get a bye in the big South Conference tournament will probably be in either Bowie's Creek where Campbell is or it'll be in Radford, Virginia where Radford is. Right now Radford would, if they were to win out, they would be the number one seed. And if Campbell wins out, they're the number and one seed. And they're the seed. number one seed. And there you have it. Bearded Carcast, 
At Bearded Carcast on Twitter, beardedcarcast at outlook.com is how you follow us uh, on th- or send us an email. And thanks for listening. <laughs>